contactless payments, mobile security, and a U.S. move to EMV. All hot topics during the Mobile Financial Services Forum this week in Arlington, Virginia. This is Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. During the forum, I caught up with Randy Vanderhoof, the Executive Director of the Smart Card Alliance. So contactless payment today is already being widely used in the, in the U.S. and internationally, and it involves a contactless chip embedded into a piece of plastic that's then communicating in a secure way the payment information to a point-of-sale device. What the mobile device does is it takes that, that physical card and builds that information into the mobile phone so that the mobile phone becomes the storage device for the payment information, and that's how, through the NFC communication, interface, the information about the cardholder for that payment transaction moves from the mobile phone to the payment device. Okay, and during the session today, you talked quite a bit about the Global Platform Secure Channel. Please help us understand why that's secure, how it's secure, what's different. So the, the mobile industry has for some time been able to develop a, a system for communicating um, information from the host mobile operator to the mobile handset through over-the-air communications, utilizing the, 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 area, the wide area network that the mobile operator supports. So Global Platform, as a uh, technology specifications organization, has looked at the mobile space and said, what security um, attributes do we need to apply to the mobile world that is similar to the security attributes that we've applied to the physical world? And they've developed a set of specifications for mobile networks that utilize the same security best practices for moving data um, in a physical world to moving data through the mobile networks. So Global Platform has produced a set of specifications that mobile operators and the trusted service managers, the people that are going to be managing the data on behalf of the financial institution of getting that payment information into the card, the handheld uh, device that the, the cardholder will be carrying. Um, that type of uh, communication uh, is able to be done securely by following these established specifications that Global Platform has produced. And if a financial institution wanted to get more information about the Global Platform, where would the institution go to get some of that information? Well, the Global Platform Organization is an open industry standards group, so all of the specifications are publicly available and free of charge. There's no license fee or anything, so just simply contacting the Global Platform Organization, they can get that information very easily. Randy, you've talked a lot about the move to EMV in the U.S. Of course, that's something that's coming up quite a bit here at this particular forum uh, because mobile has been talked about as perhaps being a bridge to EMV in the U.S. Now, you've mentioned that the Smart Card Alliance is working on a roadmap, if you will, something that would basically illustrate how the U.S. or different directions that the U.S. could take on the road to EMV. Could you tell us a little bit about that roadmap? Sure, Tracy. So the Smart Card Alliance has engaged the stakeholders who are going to be impacted by the evolution of EMV in the United States, both the brands, the issuers, the merchant processors, even the merchants themselves. And what we're trying to um, document for people is to understand all of the variable options that are available to the financial industry for implementation of EMV. Things like whether the uh, EMV transaction will be 
be done through the contactless interface or through a contact interface similar to Europe and Canada and other countries. Um, whether the authentication of the uh, transaction is going to be done in an online mode like we process mag stripe transactions today or in an offline mode where we actually do the authentication between the card and the terminal. Um, decisions about how the card holder itself will be authenticated, whether they're going to require to put in a PIN or whether they're going to just do a signature like we do today. These are all decisions that are going to impact each of the other stakeholders. For example, if mobile is part of this roadmap for AMV, well then mobile is going to dictate that some form of contactless interface is going to be required for that AMV implementation, which is going to impact the merchants who want to participate in a mobile payment transaction having the capability to accept a contactless communication from an NFC-enabled phone. Same thing with um, how the issuers are going to be impacted in terms of the cost of the plastic that they put out, whether that plastic is going to be contactless only, contact only, or some combination of the two. So there's lots of decisions that are going to need to be made. All of those decisions are going to impact merchants, processors, acquirers, even consumers, and therefore it's important to understand how they all fit together and also see how they might play out in the market as the industry evolves and moves forward. Now, this report you mentioned you expect to come out at the end of the year? That's correct. We're about a third of the way through it, and we think by December we should have um, the rest of the uh, stakeholders together in agreement in terms of understanding how each of those will be impacted, and we're targeting for the end of uh, this year of having that document available for public consumption. And I know the document's not completed yet, but does the roadmap give any idea at all at how long it might take the U.S. to make this migration? So if we were to begin, let's say January, one, how long would it take to make a move to EMV? That's really not the focus of this group. So we can't be prescriptive in any way in terms of defining what the end road is going to look like. But knowing what all of the options are and what the choices that are going to be made are going to go into the decision about timing, which is going to impact how long it's going to take for the U.S. So actually, this is the starting point to set those timelines once we understand what options we want to pursue as a national strategy, and then using those decisions will then dictate how much time we're going to need in order to move the entire infrastructure in that direction.